Yes, tonight, a particular scripture, Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 6, began to knock on the door of my heart. And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you, in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you, in your blood, live. When I passed by you, and saw you struggling, some translations say kicking. In your own blood, I said to you, leave. It is one verse of scripture that stirs something in me concerning the blood. Our state was very bad. And he saw us. We were at the point of destruction. There was no future, no hope. And he said, in spite of that, leave. Now, if the blood was polluted, that it was meant to destroy us, and he said we should leave. Live by what? I've got to live by the blood, but ours was polluted. And he said, You will not die, live. And when you go to First Peter, I like us to read that. Chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. That's why I don't understand why people's lives are ruled by silver and gold. From your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So there was a blood that was polluted. That threatened our lives. And yet there is one that redeemed us. And the scripture calls that one the blood of Christ. That is what purchased us from destruction and brought us to life. Now if we were redeemed by the blood of Christ, will he allow the blood of men to run through our veins? I've told you here some years ago, not too many years ago, 
I went for a routine checkup at Kompanoche Teaching Hospital, and they said my blood level was 11 point something. And that wasn't okay for a man, an adult man. So I asked them what do they think was a minimum. They said 13 or point something. So I told the fellow, I said, uh, shouldn't worry himself writing anything. I will go home and come back in three days. So I went to look for the blood that runs through my veins. The blood of Jesus. I prepared the blood. I was quite generous with that preparation, a full cup to top it. Three days. I went there and it was 15 points. I've forgotten the point. It was strange to them. Indeed, me personally, it was a bit strange. I, I was thinking I could get the minimum, but he gave me the offer seal. There is something about the blood of Jesus that you cannot ignore if you want to live. I learned something from Yonggi Cho and from Benny Hinn. I usually take my time to thank God for the blood of Jesus. And anytime I go that way and thank him for the blood and begin to speak about the blood and begin to speak in tongues, something strange happens to me. The blood of Jesus Christ is not ordinary. It is not the type that we had from our father and our mother. There was no father, human father in his case. It was the Holy Spirit. This new technology that they have, IVF, that was something like that, that was done and then implanted in the womb of, uh, of Mary. So the blood that ran through his veins was not the blood of any human being. It was the original type. Because when God created man in the beginning, God put his breath in the man and then blood came. And all the organs sprang up. They sprang up by the breath of God. So there is a tight connection between our blood and the Holy Spirit. He is the one that perfects the state of the blood that runs through us. But let me tell you something, friends. We need to be sincere with ourselves. Anytime our word steady goes down and our prayer life also goes down, we'll see all manner of strange things happening in our bodies. Anytime. By any time you step up the temple, 
you are into some fastings and prayers and studying God's word and making proclamations, those weights, the excesses begin to leave our bodies, but we don't continue in it. When we are at peace, we forget that there's an enemy. And God told that man that he created, that man called Adam, he told him, he said, dress this garden and do what? And keep it. The man didn't understand grammar. Dress this garden and keep it means that somebody else is interested in the garden. But make sure you keep it. We forget that somebody is interested in our health. Is it not when you are healthy that you can go about wounding souls? When you are down, will you even come to church? But we become complacent at certain times and we leave our bodies in the hands of the enemy. There is nothing called vacuum. By all means, something must fill the space. So when you don't allow the Holy Ghost to minister to you, another ghost will minister to you. And if you allow that ghost to minister to you, then you are in trouble. Let's do a, just a little thinking. A little thinking. What happens to you? What's, it, what's responsible for the soundness of your health anytime you go into fasting and prayers and you are studying God's word and you are singing and dancing? There's a sudden change in your system. You feel it that something is right now with you, what happens? And if we know that that is what makes us better, then what's our problem? Living what is right. My friend, Apostle Ernest, who came here a couple of times last year, he never went to school. It was God who taught him English. So anytime he enters, enters into a prolonged fast, his recovery level goes high. The flu. We used to go to the bush to, to pray and to study while we were in a particular station in Nigeria. That's where we met, actually. And I saw that one. I monitored him. Anytime we went for our three days, the level was different. If we went for about seven days, the language level changed. So if he wants to sustain an acceptable quality of English language in his system, then he's got to continue with his fasting and prayers. And I began to analyze that thing. I sat down to think about it. If this is the case, and I know very well that the first person who spoke English, nobody taught him. You know, I have this simple approach to life. The approach that makes me know that there's nothing that anybody cannot do if you have the Holy Ghost. I told you about one girl that went to learn sewing. And for seven years, for seven years, she was still learning how to sew. I had to graduate her by myself by force. When I asked them a question, 
The first person who played football, who taught him. So there is a dimension of relationship between our lifestyle or the things we seek to achieve and the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. I want you to, I'm taking you down, down there to be very simple about your life. Don't, 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 don't cause trouble about your, no, about your life. Don't, don't begin to think of unnecessary things. The God that we are serving is a very simple God. His word is simple. Everything about it is very simple. It's not complex. It's not complex at all. This Bible that we are carrying, the word of God here, is very, very simple. It's very simple. Anytime men carry this Bible, they make it complex. So, have to be so it is called nematology. The study of the Holy Ghost. So it's pneumatology. What is your problem with it? Why do you say the study of the Holy Spirit? That be free. Why must you confuse people? It's a God's economy. It's a problem. Now, God's economy now means that God's inability to control things that he has produced. He's a demon. He's a technology of demons, eh? God is a theology. What is there? Understand what is there. As you were in the beginning, that is how you must be because wherever your source is, that's where you were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Christ. Blood. Blood. What is blood? Blood. You guys, sometimes you make the thing look. How about cook? If, I mean, a minister, how would he respond Cook. I saw by the blood, no gold. He delivers by before, after taking communion at home. And then he take the communion before the children. Nobody begins to misbehave, <clears throat> organize some blood, and drink, and go away. Sense of rest. <clears throat> Those who refuse to rest, they are fighting the natural order of God, none of them. Again, on my own, I've come to understand something that I cannot rest. But for your sakes, don't don't join my team. You are to rest for all these things. Want to leave it? Don't talk about sin. What will I talk about now? Since we didn't allow sin to go, won't I talk about it? Let sin go. Then I won't talk about it again. Huh? You are committing adultery, and, and we say we shouldn't talk about it because you are saved and you have Christ. You don't have him. Well, if any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. All the old things are passed. What are you doing there? Hypocrisy of the highest order. 
That's why I'm telling you this thing, this book should not depart from your eyes and your mouth. Let the Holy Ghost teach you. I will not be misled. I'm not telling you for fun. That's my lifestyle. And so I'm always ready to say what I said yesterday is wrong. Yes, if I see what is there, I will confess. I, I was in a system where there were some things that were taught. I never accepted them because they were not here. And there's nothing you will do to me to make me accept what is not here. I can't prove it from here. You don't just prophesy to me and you go free of charge. Your prophecy must be put to test. Litmus test. But, but you, anytime they, they say, hey, bring your head. You, you put hand, put hand, put hand, you know, work, put leg, put stomach. Why? Because you don't want to go here. So anybody that goes there, whatever the person brings, you take it. I took my time to study grace from the Bible and from some of the ancient believers who wrote a lot and then came to the modern people, the new revelation that they have gotten, subjected them to scriptures and came to understand what grace really is. So when you come to my library, I have books on grace, plenty of them. Plenty. I'm a student of the word. When I come to discover truth, I push away the letters. The blood of Jesus Christ is efficacious even now. Do away with it, you have a problem. Do you know something? Wherever the blood has not passed, the spirit will not pass there. No blood, no anointing. Yes, you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But are you walking the way you are supposed to walk? The blood of Jesus is still very relevant and precious. That is what the scripture says. That blood is still speaking. It's what? It's a personality. Uh, we'll go to Hebrews 12 and look at it. When, when the personalities in, the, in, in, in heaven were itemized, one of them is called what? Who? The blood that speaks. The blood of sprinkling is there in the Bible. What verse is that? 24? Check for me. Can you bring it up? My message today is very, very short. Very short. They don't believe, you see. They don't. Oh, God, have mercy on all these unbelievers. <laughs> those, those who don't believe what I'm saying. Yeah, is, where is it? Yeah. Hebrews 12, 24. Okay, go to 23. Let's, let's get a better list. 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, 
and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable company of angels. Are you seeing the list? Yes, sir. Good. Go ahead. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, that is Jesus, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now, 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 there are some of our leaders, they are not dead, they are still alive. They say they are just men made perfect. They are not dead, though. They are alive. We have heard things, though. And we are still hearing some dangerous things, though. If this Bible is not in your heart, human beings will deceive you. You are just sitting down there. Go to church. They preach. My God, that is revelation. That is revelation. What is revelation? Okay, when I got born again, I was looking for revelation. I saw go to. Go to. Go to. You know, go to. Old Testament, that when you go to Genesis, you'll find go to. So I was looking for the revelations that I go to. I said, and said, I didn't get. So I went to Dr. Amwa. And I said, Doctor, what is this go to? He said, it doesn't mean anything. It's like C. C. Oh. Drawing attention to a particular, someone's attention to something that you want to say. But I thought it was one powerful statement that I wanted a revelation to go and share. You just got born again, you are looking for a revelation. You will get plenty of it. Plenty. Yes, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood that he's speaking, is it dead? It is speaking the product of grace upon your life. The blood is saying, you are the head and not the tail. The blood says, you are distinguished among all men. It speaks the products of grace upon your life on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Minutes, seconds, it speaks. So if you are conscious of that one, you will know that you are not alone. Anywhere we gather like this, as we are gathering here, and we are lifting the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is being sprinkled upon us here. That's a revelation God gave me as far back as 1993 in Lokoja. When we gather like this, where two or three are gathered in my name, he said, I'm there with them. And the, when he comes, he comes with the entire team. And one of them is the blood of sprinkling. As we are here, it's being sprinkled. And he's speaking. The blood is speaking concerning us. Men may wish you evil, but the blood is saying something great, a blessing. Just a blessing. So listen to the voice of the blood of Jesus. And know what men are saying. Men may not like it, but they can't stop your destiny. Hello? They can't. They can't. Nobody can stop your destiny. You are the only person who can stop it. Nobody. Don't get confused by what people say about you. 
He said, it will never be well with you. And so what? How you don't you, one, if you don't have locus, your statements are ignored in the court of law. That you don't on technical grounds, you are disqualified. You don't have locus. Some people lost case in court, not because of a substantial issue. But they, do, they lack locus. It is not in their purview or their strength and their ability to do what they did. So on technical grounds, they knock you off. The person that says you cannot make it doesn't have a rule over your life. He lacks that one. Why waste your time on that person? And because of that, you won't, you won't sleep. He said you are going to fail. A failure says you are going to fail. A person who failed to come to Jesus is a perpetual, eternal failure. And he says you can't make it and you are also trembling. Because your heart is empty, your head is empty, your spirit is dead. Because one blessing that God gave me is how to tell somebody something that will cut his heart. It cuts through the heart. Pim, that you can't forget. Even when you are asleep, you'll be remembering what I'm saying. And you can't change that one. I will say it in a manner that you will be angry. You will be so angry that when you see me, you will bless me. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. You are born by the blood of Jesus. He paved the way by the blood, with his blood, and the Holy Ghost brought you out. If the blood had not paved the way, it would not have been possible for you to be born again. And that same blood, you need to understand it now from the spiritual realm. This sickness we are talking about is not uh, physical. Is it physical? It's a spiritual. Listen to this one because all of us are working on ourselves. When your spirit man is awake and alive and is glowing, your body comes under its control. All the damage in your body are repaired by your spirit man. And that is why the enemy wouldn't want you to study God's word. When you want to pray, he confuses you. There are some of you who have called God father, uncle. You have called him uncle, brother, everything. Father, uncle, in the name of Jesus, you are my friend, you are my friend. Which friend? When did God become your friend? When you don't fear him, you don't respect him. Say he's your friend. You think he called Abraham his friend for, for nothing? No. You want to be God's friend? Ah. You know when a son becomes a friend? When a son becomes a friend to the father, it is not a mean achievement, though. It's not a mean achievement. It's not, it's not because you're of his height, he says, You are my friend. No. Then, then very soon, some of you now, your fathers will be calling you uncle because you are taller than them. How many of you have been blessed this morning by the blood of Jesus Christ? He is here. He is what? Here. It is not it. It is he. Be conscious of that fact. When you enter, when we gather, we stand outside, you're on the field praying. He's there. We are meeting in the name of Jesus. He's there. That meeting is recognized in heaven's church. Zion, where God dwells. 
that some of the branches are holding meeting. This, this is a cell unit in the universal church. I don't understand why you are fighting among yourself. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm from a special place. We, we are Catholics. We, we came first. Who came first? From where? And Christians are fighting just like the Corinthian church, as we shall mention very soon. The reason why the blessings don't flow is that we are independent people. Independent people. We have our own traditional our rules. This is the way we do our things. What about the way the Bible talks about? So in the eyes of somebody who belongs to a particular denomination, you are not born again. You are born again is stupid. Because you don't belong to their group. To me, that person is more dangerous than a non-believer. More dangerous than a Muslim. The same blood of Jesus Christ is what purchased us. The same blood provides protection for us when we gather, when we meet like this. Releasing the heavens above for blessings to pour upon us. And you say the blood has expired? The blood of Jesus. But when you are faced with challenge, you call it the blood of Jesus. Why don't you close your mouth? And you think you have results? Some of you doubt about you. You, you, you don't believe in it. Hello? 1554 to 56. That is my charge on the blood. And then we go to the table. And I'm done. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption... And this mortal has put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in what? Victory. Death is swallowed up where? In victory. Now go ahead. Oh, death. I like this scripture. Where is your sting? Oh, hate. Where is your victory? Have we finished? We have? Good. Now this scripture came to play this morning because yesterday night the Lord was saying something to me. He said the incipient of death is sin. Sin is the incipient of death. But the real thing is sickness is the incipient of death. Pastor made a statement over the night when we were having the all night. Sin, the vision of sin is to kill you. And the vision of sickness is to kill you. Every sickness has the potential to kill. Including ordinary malaria. Ordinary what? I call it ordinary. But let it catch you, you will see. This malaria killed a lot of white people that brought the message to us from, from Europe in those years. And he's still killing us here. Because we refuse to change. But everything, headache, his expectation is death. 
So don't joke with any kind of disease in your body. Don't let any disease stay in your body. When you have what it takes to check it out. I was driving yesterday, going to Elder Mensah's place. Um, the wife's uh, new shop that she's opened along the area where they live. And suddenly I, I realized that uh, my head was aching me. Suddenly. <laughs> and I said, what is the meaning of this one? So I began to talk. The head was talking. I had to talk. When they talk and you don't talk. So I began to talk and I was singing and I was, uh, you know, blowing tongues. And I, I, said, I said, Lord, this is all we agreed upon. What we agreed upon is that I'll keep on going from strength to strength. There's nothing like from disease to disease. So this headache is not my portion. As I talk about 10 minutes, the thing disappeared. You have who to call when you are in need to call that person. But today, the healing balm is transferred to the table. I call the table that speaks. It does what? It speaks. The table of the Lord speaks. If Jesus said, this is my body that is broken for you, and he was using bread, and he finished said, this is my blood. The blood and the body together make the person. So it is himself that we see in the realm of the spirit that we are going to have communion with him. The communion is not the one we are going to eat, but fellowship with Jesus. You go with that mentality and know the things that he said, what he died for. When he says, remember me, we are reading that scripture and then I will go to communion. The only people who are not qualified to take communion this morning are the ones who are not born again. If you're not born again, you can't take the communion. But you can't you get born again today and take the communion. Hallelujah. If you are first wife, second wife, 15 wife, I don't care about that one. If God gave you salvation as second wife, who am I to say you won't eat communion? That doctrine they came up with in so many places, nonsense doctrine. If God not reject the person and give the person salvation, okay, who is second wife? And who is the first? Is it time of arrival or the performance? Now, you see, the man paid bright price for the first, the one that came first. And paid bright price for the one that came second. So who is one, who is two? It's only when you become a Christian, you are not permitted to take another wife, additional wife. But if you are an unbeliever and you have two wives and you become a Christian, there are things you cannot do. You can't be a pastor because you don't have a good testimony. Because there are some things that will come up that you can't defend because you are guilty already. Even though your sin has been forgiven you, God didn't tell you to leave any one of them. If you leave, who will marry that, that woman? Who will take care of the children? 
So all the things that you say, okay, well, we came to be a Christian. So you let your second wife go. Who is, are you in the house? Do you know what's happening in the house? Is it the first wife or second wife that is better? Because there are some first wives that kill. There are some second ones that rescue. Praise God. But the important thing is this. As a Christian, with one wife, you can't go and take a second one. If you try that one even in thought. Now, now, these are facts that we should know. If Jesus saved somebody who has two wives, if he saved the second wife, how can a pastor say that this second wife who has now become a Christian must not go for the communion? Are you God? And then the third thing I want to say, there are some of you here, you are not second wife. You are born again. We don't know what's wrong with you. You don't take communion. That thing that stops you from taking communion is what will take you to hell. Very simple. That thing that takes away confidence from you, that you can't walk to the table, and you are still watching it. You are not dealing with that thing. It will kill you. The sin you know is sin. You know that what you are doing is evil. And so you won't go to the communion table. But you can say, what, Father, in the name of Jesus, let God slap you. See, I, 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 I taught this thing in the church. When I, when I finished, one, the pastor of the, the, the man of the church called me to his office. He said, there are things you said that will give people room to marry more. I said, yes, let them marry. When they marry, suspend them. <laughs> so I, to, I have to teach him what I said. The reason for my saying the things I'm saying here now. I said, I'm not telling anybody to go and marry another one. I'm saying, I'm talking about those who, were, who had two wives before they came in here. They can, the man cannot be a pastor. Because if somebody else wants to go and take a second wife, and then he looks at your own after pastor has to now. Those are some of the things some of the reasons why you cannot be a leader. But you can be an evangelist. No evangelist goes about with their wives and says, these are my two wives who are coming to preach. No. No. Evangelist goes to you and then he stands and he, preach, he preaches and gets sold for Jesus. That is all. But, but you have two wives. So you sit, you sit down and then your two wives are on your side. It is not a good example for others. That's one reason why you cannot be. And then you stand the chance of having a very bad home. If you pick ten of such marriages, you may get only one that has peace. They're always fighting. Always. Buy the same thing. You buy the same thing for the two of them. The same thing. The same thing for the two of them. One of them will see one brown color somewhere. I said, my own no get brown. It's because don't like me. You are pretending. And you say you are an elder in the church. Wicked man. It's the same cloth. One of them had a problem. It's in that such challenge. So how can you marry two people and be a pastor in church? Somebody's coming to you ask for counseling. And then when they get just some 50 meters from your house, 
You want to meditate, and this one comes. The whole of yesterday, I watched you. You did not speak to me. I saw you conversing with that, that woman. And most times, the first, the second ones that do that kind of thing. They forget that somebody received them to the house. So why must you put yourself in that kind of situation? So I'm begging in the name of the Lord, don't try it. Don't think about it at all. But if you have two already, I don't advise you to leave in one of them. Hallelujah. But that is the truth. You can't be a pastor. You may not be an elder in the church. Your example is zero. But you can be on the apostolic team carrying the gospel anywhere we want to go. In this assembly, that is what we believe in. If you are a minister of the gospel or you are a Christian, let me put it that way, and your partner is not allowing you to walk your walk of faith with God, tell God to remove that woman from your life. Yes, simple. But you don't divorce. Tell the Lord that anything that's a hindrance to my walk with you, Father, remove it. And then leave that one with him. Glory to God. It's not divorce you are talking about. You said God should move the person. So leave that one with God now. But I pray that nobody will come to that point in this church that your partner becomes such a, such a pest in your life that you now begin to pray to God. But you know, I know how God wants you. My grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> the grace of God is sufficient for you. You are married for life. No room. If anything will happen, it is God who will take initiative, not you. Mm. And I know he has done that in many, many places. I know of many things like that. The communion is fellowship with Christ. Let's take that scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. Let's read it together. Let's go. The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So in summary, the communion that we partake of, is it not communion with Christ? Now chapter 11, verse 17 down. Now, what translation is that? In giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. That's a serious statement. Now go ahead. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. I hear, but in part, I believe. So there's evidence. This unity, division. When we go to the table expecting the blessings of God, the things that will hinder our blessings, 
those things, one of them is disunity. Or if you like, divisions. Rivalry. Rivalry in the choir. Rivalry in all manner of units. We are the same unit, but we don't agree. Rivalry. Somebody's face is not attractive to you, so you hate the person. There's one thing that is very dangerous for a Christian to hate somebody. I may hate your attitude, but I cannot hate you. And sometimes it's not good to join me to dislike somebody. Don't join me. Because you don't know when I'll come over and be okay with that person. I don't keep malice beyond the day. I can insult you. When I free the insult, I call you, let's work. I don't have a problem at all. I hated what you did. I don't keep malice. I don't have the strength for it. And to me, it's a waste, a waste of time. That you sit down, somebody, somebody's issue is on your mind and you think on it. When you think on it, Satan gives you more information. When I used to be very angry, I, I was a practitioner of anger. You have not heard that expression before. When you offended me in the night, I'll be thinking of what to do to make you regret offending me. And the devil wouldn't be telling me the things to do. Early in the morning, I'll be in front of you. If, if we fought yesterday, early morning by 5 a.m., I'm waiting for you at the entrance of your house. We'll fight. And come again. Until I get satisfied. And if I couldn't do what I wanted to do, I'll be crying. My body will be shaking. I'll be crying. Is, is that not a demonic thing? So you can't be a Christian and be a demon. That in the night, instead of thinking of good things, you are brewing evil. That's what you are brewing. You, you call Satan, come, let's think about this fellow. Oh, you are saying, eh. those are the things you have been doing. I'm telling you what you have been doing. You call Satan to a party. I don't like you, Lucifer, but come, let's think about this matter. This fellow did something against me yesterday. I want to pay him back. I want to pay her back. Give me an idea. He whispers into your ears. He says, yes, 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 yes. And then instead of meditating on gospel, you are meditating on the thing that the Satan told you. And then in the morning, you get up. Going to execute it. I didn't know you were so stupid until yesterday. That you think you could do that thing to me and go free of charge? You're a liar. You have come to your last stop. This is the last stop. I will teach you. You don't know anything, eh? I'm showing you the other side of me. So you have left heaven and gone to hell to go and bring the other side. You don't know me. It, is it because I'm a Christian? You think because I'm a Christian, I'm a fool? I will show you something. Wait for me. Let me go to church and come back. When I come back, you know something. Me kwa ba, ole mami kwa sorembra. 
Obeti bibi. Now you see, it may sound very funny, but these are real things that we do. So even when we are praying here, you are thinking about somebody who has offended you. You are torn between praying against the person and praying for the church. Father, you say you arise and fight my battles for me. But as so and so, sister, so and so. Arise, O Lord. And let your enemies scatter. No, ah, he will cause under scripture. My enemies are your enemies, O Lord. Arise and fight my battles. The day I got born again, I came across a scripture. Not that same day. Anger lies in the bosom of fools. I got angry. That God was insulting me. I said, I'm not a fool. I'm not what? A fool. Then I believe it was the Holy Ghost. I was saying, then stop being stupid. What are you gaining from anger? So I told God, Lord, take anger from me and give me laughter. This laughter you see in me, like it wasn't like that before. To laugh with you, what for? This is why I'm worried. When as a Christian, you can't forgive and you can't laugh. Anytime somebody becomes a challenge in your brain, you think of the end of that person. You think destruction concerning that person. And sometimes it shows in your attitude towards the person. When you see the person, your prayers are the person shouldn't greet you. Shouldn't greet you. And if you are a leader and you go in that realm, you are becoming another thing altogether. You are destroying God's work. I'm talking to somebody here. That's why you don't like it. You don't like it. You don't like it. Because, because in your house, there are people you don't talk to. In the church, there are people you don't talk to. When you sit down and they sit by you, trouble, and you are coming to the table of the Lord for communion. Instead of teaching people what to do and how to live, you are bringing laws, doctrine. So if you know that you are here and your life is not straight, straighten the life now as you are sitting there. Straighten it up. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost inside you. Don't do that kind of thing. What didn't you do to God that he forgave you? What has somebody done against you that you won't forgive? I won't talk to this person. Even if God comes, I won't talk. God will not waste his time because of you. you come and, where will you put him when he comes? Factions among you? Go ahead. No, go back. Listen to it. For there must always be factions among you. But those who are approved may be recognized among you. That is a follow-up. It's not, it's not a commandment that there should be factions here. Now, there are people who don't belong to your circle of friends. You can't detain them. You can't contain them. When we close service here now, 
You have people that you talk to. There are others who don't mind whether they are here or not. They are your friends, your, 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 your group, your gang. In this church, they are the ones we talk to. Even to the extent that first-timers who have come in here, nobody talks to them. If they think that they are class here and they move out, that's how they are going home. Other people, you won't talk to them. What verse is that? 19. Now, King James says, For there must be also heresies among you. What is heresy? False what? False doctrines. Heresies among you. And you want to be blessed at the communion table? No. Don't run against God. Don't say what he has not said. And feel good about it. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in the eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. No love. Now, now look at it. And one is hungry, and another is drunken. So those who don't have, nobody cares about them. There's no love. I brought mine. It's like you're doing love feast. Even love feast that we have, you bring your food, you eat with somebody, some other person. But there are people when they bring from their homes, they will eat that one because that's the only one they want to eat. To share with somebody is a problem. Praise God. Now, so don't, don't let us segregate. This one is for me. The other one is not for me. I'm for Apollos. I'm for Peter. I'm for who? I'm for Jesus. And don't tell me where you come from. When we meet like this, we are from the same country. And from the same city. And from the same parents. Eat and be happy. The next verse, let me see. He said, why or what? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise the church of God? And shame them that have not? Do you see the point? You want to show what you have. And those who don't have, now are despised in their body. What shall I say to you? Can I praise you in this? I praise you not. It's all about love, unity, oneness of purpose. We are a family. We are what? A family. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Remember, Paul was not with Jesus when this was instituted. But he had gone to the school of the, the spirit because he was committed to the cause of Christ. And Jesus told him the things that he told others. You see the, the, the ignorance of, uh, of Peter and his group in appointing Matthias. After Matthias was appointed, he was disappointed. Nobody heard about him again. History says he went somewhere. He also he died a martyr. No problem. But the one that came to take over is Paul. So there were things that the others knew they partook of with him. He told him. And told him more things than they ever knew. Because he had a special place for him. Now let's just, let's just go on to 24, 26 and I was, And when he had given thanks, is that how it is? After the same manner also, okay, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, okay, good, and said, 
said that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he has given thanks. Now already the bread has been broken, so uh, we believe that it's okay, it's not, it's not that. But what we were used to in those days, I used to carry a whole loaf of bread to church. I've done that a number of times. And they were breaking. And you see some greedy people. One day somebody broke part of the bread. I, I, my, in fact, my, my heart misbeat. He didn't even think of other people whether they would get a portion or not. We were passing a loaf. Of, it was a big loaf. It was a big loaf. Around, it got to him like that. If you're hungry, is it this place you want to organize your... When he has given thanks, he broke, he broke it and then he, he told them, take eat. This is my body. Which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me, not his figure, not his dress, not where he came from, but what he had gone to do or what he was going to do. The victory that he got for us. Which includes our healing, our health, our prosperity. Remember. So when you carry this thing in your hand, reflect. Remember what he has done for you. And thank him for it. Father, I thank you for this broken body. My body shall never be broken. You broke your body for me, for my health. My body will not be broken. I partake of this body today and declare that there shall be no sickness in my body. You do that with all seriousness. So don't just collect the bread and, and then eat. All right. In remembrance of me, after the same manner also he took the cup which he had supped, and when they had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. When you go to Luke's gospel, there's a twist over there. They took the normal Passover thing, they did it. They took the meal, they took the cup, and then when they were done, they sang the hymn, and he now took the cup and said, this cup, that cup had been turned Waiting, it's called the Messianic cup or the Messiah's cup. It had been turned, it's always turned during Passover. But on that day, Jesus brought that one up and said, This cup, this particular cup, is a cup of the new covenant that is established in my blood. He said, Drink it. So there's, there's a way it is put in Luke's gospel. He said, With desire have I desired. I have been waiting for this particular Passover. After this, I will not be around with you to do it again. Luke 22, verse what? 19. Verse 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down. The twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover that particular Passover with you before I suffer. 
For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of this fruit of the, of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it and gave unto them saying this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me likewise also the cup after supper saying this cup is the new testament in my blood so he finished the passover the not natural their rituals he did that one and then he went to the cup he went to the cup this cup is the New Testament. The other one, he gave them to drink. This one, he, gave us, he made a statement. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, what is shared for you. Now, if you go to Israel, those who are passing Judaism, they serve their Passover with four cups. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and that of who? Jacob, three. Those ones attend landing on their base. But the Messiah's cup is still turned upside down because they are waiting for him to come. Don't begrudge them. Don't. When their eyes open, they will stop. I pray it won't be late for them. So this communion cup is not just any cup at all. No. It is something that has a force behind it. The blood of Jesus carries with Jesus deliberately, consciously. What word do you use here? He was intentional about that one. He, it was specific. That was the first time that cup was turned with that instruction. It was something that needed to be taken note of, and we must take note of it now. That cup is not the ordinary cup. It's not Passover cup. This cup is a Messiah's cup. That is a covenant cup. The blood, that is Jesus' own blood that he gave to us. And when you drink it, what you are taking is the blood of Jesus. When it enters your veins, it takes care of deficiencies of the natural blood. And that is what is going to happen to you. All the prayers we've been offering, praying during the night, the ones we prayed this morning, talking about anything, any disease that has to do with the blood, this communion this morning will take care of it. And after this communion, I've told you, keep on taking communion. Keep on doing what? So buy what you want to buy. What you, your own is what? What is it called? You can use Zobo, Zobolo to do it. Yes, just bless it. If you don't have anything, just buy Coke, but don't use time because of someone to go and drink one bottle of Coke. Buy Zobo and put it in your fridge. 
you bless it. This is the blood of yes, say this is the blood of Jesus. In your your pastor's uh, beginnings, when you wanted blood, you would take water. If there was no blood, you would take water. This is the blood of Jesus and use it. I don't know who taught him. Well, I can't. I don't remember. I taught him that one. But he was doing that. So you sanctify it and teach your family. Just remind your family about this, what it stands for. And tell them that the body, don't just take the blood alone. They go together. The blood and the body. And tell them that there's a blessing that comes. And I want you to list the blessings. Every blessing you find in the Old Testament, they find expression in Christ. So as many as you can list, begin to read them out to your family as we partake of this. This is our portion. This is our portion. This is our portion. This is our portion. Because Jesus died for us to be blessed. He said, the prophecies and all, they are yes and amen in him. This morning, it is um, the pastor who will be mentioning those things one by one. But me, what the Lord led me to do, which I'm doing today, is any kind of blood-related sickness. Any kind. I don't know their names. I know, I know a few of them. But any kind. Our request before God, and we know he has granted it, is that anything that's a deficiency, connected to the blood of any person. When I passed you, I saw you in your own blood, struggling, and I said, leave. It doesn't matter how polluted your blood is. We are saying, leave. You will live and you will not die. You will not die because the deficiency is taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't really matter what they have said. I don't have problem with doctors at all because it is what they know that they are talking about. The only thing they don't know is that sickness is spirit. Huh? Those who are believers there, they know it. It is what? It's spiritual. Just like sin. Sin is spirit. Can you tell me the house of sin? Lead me to where sin is living. It's a spiritual thing. The same thing with sickness. So if sickness is spiritual, then we handle the thing from the spiritual perspective. What we do mainly from medical science is palliative. We kill the symptoms. We don't kill the root of it. So it will go and then come back again. But you can deal with that one spiritually and end it forever. But you don't go about boasting about it. You're not the one that does it. It is God. So stop boasting. Stop parading yourself. Come, I will heal you. Who made you the healer? He said, I am the one that heals. And then you are my instrument to send the healing across to people. So there's no point for boasting. But you can still say what God has done through you. From a clean heart. From what? To encourage people that they can also be healed. Hallelujah. If there's anybody here this day who has any challenge of that sort, 
I'd like you to agree with us this morning that this God who saw us struggling in our own blood and rescued us is still around to do us good. But let anyone who is not born again first allow the blood to purchase him or her. And then you come in for that impartation. And I tell you, it surely shall be well with you. In the name of Jesus Christ. What God said he would do, he did it before he pronounced it. Hallelujah. Before he pronounced it. One day I saw a madman in my in a vision. And I saw me talking to that madman. And I saw I put my hands around him, his shoulder, and we were talking. And I was going for a program in a friend's church. At this St. Luke's primary, primary school in Lokoja. I went there. I was sharing what I saw in that vision. And then I heard somebody say, that is why I'm here. That is why I'm here. I came here in the afternoon. I didn't see anybody. When the man stood up, the same dress that I saw was what he was wearing. So I told them, God healed this man in the afternoon. Let's rejoice and be happy. It was a Muslim. And after that one, that was the insanity went away. But they won't allow him to join the church. They sent him away from the town. We sent people there. The pastor was pursuing. He wanted the guy to come and be established in the faith. But the relatives, you have not seen it, you know. When you go to that side, this Muslim thing, Islamic thing that we talk about, you, you'll be doubting it. You're, the reason why some of us are not serious in our faith here is that there's no challenge. There's no what? If somebody is coming to burn your church, won't you learn how to stop fire? Huh? But here, we just get up and go to church and we finish, you go home. Nobody say anything. You go to work, nobody say you're not a Muslim, so we'll not promote you. You get your promotion anytime you want it or anytime it is supposed to be. They send that fellow away. Whatever God has said, he has done it. So I see our moment of victory and rejoicing in the name of Jesus Christ.